throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We are a weekly podcast that presents ideas to ponder, ideas to disagree with, and things worth considering. I am Alexia Georgiousis, your host for tonight, and Gord Rudell, our regular host, is not feeling well. So he has decided to practice self-care, which is our topic for this evening, and he's taking the night off. Fortunately, I do have a wonderful guest joining me who I will introduce very shortly. I just want to remind everyone that we are live, and if you would like to join our conversation, please call us toll-free at one 346-9141 from anywhere in North America, or for any international callers, 001-480-553-5760. And I'll repeat those numbers as we go through the show. So tonight we have a very wonderful guest. She's been on the show before, but has remarkable awareness and also very appropriate for this topic. Kathy Yu, welcome. Kathy is a Toronto-based registered psychotherapist, a spiritual director, and intuitive energy practitioner who works with individuals and couples. She views healing as a journey of self-discovery and increased awareness to take one to a deeper place of self-understanding, self-compassion, and greater mind-body-spirit connectedness. Kathy's focus is on helping clients discover and fully step into their power and truth. And Kathy is also a mother of four children, and a recent grandmother. Congratulations. Welcome, Kathy, and thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, Alexia, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So self-care, we know it's important, but we also have resistance. So the World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability to take care of ourselves with or without the support of a healthcare provider including communities and families. But Kathy, what is it that you think or what you find is why we resist? So many reasons. I think (laughs) (laughs) one is the idea that um, I think that it's seen as being somewhat selfish. Um, You know, that if we take time out to look after ourselves, um, then we're not going to do what we should be doing and our focus shouldn't be on ourselves. Well, and I, I think that, you know, I, I've coming from you being a, a mother of four children, and we know that this is such a, a, a kind of huge precedent around um, parenting and, and sort of a, a difficult challenge where how do you demonstrate to your children about self-care, but then also how do you care for yourself as a parent? And with the pandemic, I feel for parents, anyone with small children, anyone with dependents, that how do you practice self-care? So what's what's been your experience right now? During the pandemic? Yeah, during the pandemic. Well, my kids are older, so <laughs> it's a little easier because they can right. look after themselves. Um, 
But uh, even then, it's it's very hard. I, one of the things I found during the pandemic, like especially at the beginning, um, not so much now, but at the beginning when we didn't know how long it was going to go on for, right? When it seemed like maybe, you know, it was going to be a few weeks or a month, um, kind of everything went... <laughs> went out the window, right? Like, I don't know. I was hearing from people who were saying, yeah, like I didn't, you know, they went days without showering because right. <laughs> they didn't have to, right? And, and things like that, or, or, you know, like our routines went out the window, right? Yeah. Um, for me, at least, at first, it was a little odd and trying to find the rhythm and routine is really, I think, part of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea even that, you know, I mean, people were, you know, everyone was living in the Zoom world. So people were wearing, you know, for instance, their pajama bottoms, but a nice work top, I mean, right? And yes. the idea being, or, or or just wouldn't even, you know, so much get dressed. And and even the whole idea that I was saying is, it's like, you know, get up, get dressed, have a shower, you know, and, and look great. Because mm-hmm. that's not really just for other people. It's for right. you. Right, right. Um, and that just seems to be a bit of a foreign concept for people. Yeah, you're bringing a really great point up because I think that part of maybe some of the strategies that we can share later on for uh, people to, that can help people is is really recognizing that what is it about? What is self-care really about? And the thing that I find incredibly um, intriguing is that it is a sense of confusion, but sometimes when we don't care for ourselves, we become more destructive. And I yes. know that during the pandemic, we know the alcohol intake, binge drinking in particular, has really heightened, as well as whatever other substance abuse, but could it be any addictive behaviors? And it's almost as if we go into a place of punishing ourselves because we, we're not, you know, either eating or doing what we think we should do. I know for myself, I'm like, okay, I cannot have chips. I can't have chips in my house. I just can't do it. I used to be able to, but now it's like, oh. And and there is that sense of, really? I just ate the whole bag in two days. I mean, somebody could say I could eat it at night, but but it, I notice it even in myself, right? Around, wow, this dance of wanting to take care of myself. And yet still there's there's a bit of resistance there is a resistance. And then when I do something that, you know, isn't so horrific, but it still becomes something that I'm very critical about. Yeah. You know what I was going to say? It's funny Mm -hmm. when you're talking about the chips is that um, (laughs) because your definition of self-care is don't eat those chips, right? They're not good for you. And I was thinking that some people actually view the opposite, which is that, you know, oh, I deserve a treat. (laughs) I'm going to eat this entire bag of chips. That's my self-care. Yeah. Yes, that's a, that's a nice point. And it's not that I, I like I like my you know chips. I do, and I think that they're actually pretty good for me. <laughs> but and even in terms of you know nutrient value at some some points. But it's the sense that I can't stop eating the bag of chips. Yeah. So so I feel like that little piece is something that I know for myself. Even though I'm in private practice, I'm working with individuals to help them around all sorts of supports. And I know you are too in your work. And emotionally, there's there's an, a sense of going back to selfishness, going back to not being modeled. I think for some people in our generation, yeah. depending on our parents, that it it wasn't really modeled. Like, Absolutely. you know, that was not something that my parents, that was too hard for them. They were just working, work, work, work. 
Yeah, that's part of what I was going to say was one of the resistance is, is the gener. I think some of it is also generational because I do think that the younger generations maybe are, are a little bit better with at exercising some of the self-care, but I definitely had it drummed into me that, you know, um, again, self-care is, I guess, a little selfish. That's what, kind of what I drew from it. But but the idea that you push through, you push through at all costs, right? Mm. So, and it's like you buckle down. It's hard. It doesn't matter. You do it. You're tired. It doesn't matter. You keep going, you know, like no time for rest. Like that's yeah. that's kind of frivolous almost. Yes. And, and you're bringing up a good point because it is, you know, workaholism is accepted all the time. It's applauded. It's yes. like, well, you know, you're working and Rewarded. and that's why it's so good that, you know, Gord is taking tonight off. Good. He's not feeling well. That's 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 the idea, which I think is a gift from the pandemic on some level, is that if you don't feel well, don't go to work. Yes. And and actually stay home. One, because you're going to need the rest, but more importantly, don't infect other people. Mm-hmm. So if no if you're if you're not well, stay home. So so I think that this is you know, going to your point around enduring and pushing through how that sort of somehow it becomes a little bit on the the martyrdom that look what I could endure and and let's celebrate that someone works, you know, 85 hours in their week and they never sleep. That's that's such a good thing. Yeah, well and and and, and that people would actually feel good about themselves <laughs> for they doing do. that. And I I, I, I have to say, I might've been guilty of that too, that I'd be like, I'd say, you know, I was feeling ill, but I worked through it anyway. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yay me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, I, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I, I think I was absolutely um, a workaholic and, you know, being self-employed as an entrepreneur, it's very easy as you know, as well to not, have a boundary around when to stop. So I, you know, would just push and push, but of course, burning out teaches you to say, no, I need to show up a little bit differently. And, and I think yeah. that that's where it, it becomes this uh, awareness piece, which is, I know a lot of your work around helping people deepen their awareness. So can I ask you when you're working with someone around deepening their awareness, let's say related to self-care, how might you approach this? So some of it is actually helping people even make the connection because, you know, people, like you said, you know, that not engaging in self-care then leads to self-destructive behavior. But people don't often make that connection. Like they'll come and they'll say, you know, I'm really, really, I, I get a lot of people who often will come in and say, you know, that the reason that they're seeking therapy is that, they're really angry or irritated all the time and they don't like that about themselves. And, you know, and they, and, and they somehow have this idea that there's a solution out there that I don't know, like it's an almost an outside solution. And, and so, you know, when, when I work with them, a lot of it is, is trying to discover, well, what is the anger and the irritation about? And often it is about the fact that, well, you're not listening to yourself. You're not listening to what your needs are and therefore you're not exercising self-care. So no wonder why you'd be grumpy and irritable, you know, like, I mean, it's just like the same thing as, you know, if you look at like a toddler and a toddler is, is, you know, hungry and tired, (laughs) they start acting out and they're really, really crabby. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, we've got sort of the adult version of that, I almost feel like. So a lot of the work is just 
really getting people to kind of drop down and start tuning into, you know, what's really going on and start listening to your cues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're often surprised when they do that, that, oh, like, I didn't know that was there, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, no, that's great. And I think that, again, one of the gifts of the pandemic is that it is giving us an opportunity to pay attention to our own feelings and needs. And I think that, you know, some people have that capacity, but also time is difficult, especially when, when parents have young kids at home and they're working from home and they're having interruptions. And I think that that can, you know, we know studies show that when somebody's interrupted, it takes about 20 minutes, I believe, for the brain to kind of go back to where it was. So it it becomes like you're in this endless pit where, you know, you never get any work done. And and learning about boundaries is so crucial um, around self-care. And what you're talking about is that first, it starts with the awareness of just saying, wait a minute, I'm feeling something because I'm ignoring what I need. Yes. Yeah. But boundaries are a huge thing. And um, that is one of the, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that also comes up in therapy. Um, And definitely with, with, you know, the pandemic with being at home with kids is really having establishing those boundaries is really important. Um, You know, and I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat, right? Because here I yeah. am do, doing this, and I was telling you before the show, I've had to put a, a note on my door, right? Say, right. you know, don't come in, right. you know. And and often it's something as you know as sweet as one of my kids comes in to to regularly give me a hug, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really nice, but yeah. still, you know, it's not yeah. the time. No. Um, and I was just thinking about how even when I was a young mother when my kids were really young, um, you know, kids when they're very young, of course, nap, right? And and they have a regular, and I worked really hard on having this routine so that they regularly napped at the same time every day. Um, so we all both knew it was coming. But when they get to that age, when they're sort of moving out apart, away from that nap time, it was really hard for me because it was not just their time. It was my time. Yeah. And I tried to figure out how can I still have that time? And, and so I had this whole thing that I put into place, which was, you know, I gave them a talk and said that, that, so you don't have to nap if you don't want to, but it's, it's quiet time, you know, and, and, and the quiet time isn't just for you. It's for me. Like I made sure they knew that. And so it was, there were all these rules that were set around. You have to stay in your room, you know, and, and I gave them a clock and a a little post-it note that when the two match up, that's when you're allowed out of your room. You can do whatever you want. You can play with whatever you want in your room, but you need to stay in your room and you need to be quiet. You know, I think that's fantastic. See, I just want someone to do that for me sometimes. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's the idea where, you know, in terms of stimulation, and I know the pandemic, it's, it's, it's the aspect of being able to be more social with people and where there's limitations. And then it is challenging to be in your own space and feel, um, you know, creatively stimulated or just interested when, when we're sitting in front of the computer or um, have the same environment, which is why I love being outside. I like going outside a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that it's it's just that I, I'd like to stay outside a lot longer and then not really 
you know, do much work. That's, that's what, that's what I think happens is it goes back in terms of, oh, I have to do this. And, and I see in practice and in my own life that when the language of I have to do something comes up, it, it immediately can put a sense of resistance where there's, it's, it's like, no, someone has taken my power away or someone is, um, taking my freedom away. And, and I think that that also has uh, uh, an impact for sure. For sure. Because we all have, let's face it, we all have an inner child, right? And what do kids not like? They don't don't like being told you have to do this, Right. right? Your free will is being taken away from you. So I think we all have that reaction and aversion to feeling that this has to be done, you you know, um, for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess it's changing your mindset around around that. Yeah, and I I think that the mindset and and again going back to your point around having awareness, because when we recognize those parts of ourselves, we can actually start to shift and decide who gets to have more power or who gets to lead today or in this moment. And and I feel that you know when we come back, we're going to take a break shortly, but we can talk a little bit more about the concepts that can keep people stuck and also keep them from moving forward in self-care, which is, is uh, really, really crucial, you know, like leaving others behind, or as you said, feeling selfish, um, anything like that will, will absolutely create a a block for people. And on that note, we're going to take a break and we will be back very shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. I'm here with Kathy Yu, and we are discussing self-care and our resistance to self-care and how we can shift it. So, Kathy, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, self-care as being perceived as sometimes selfish. And I think that what I find also in, in private practice and working with people and seeing it in my, in you know, relationships in my life, that sometimes that sense of selfishness comes in where a person may feel that if I take care of myself, then it means that I am now responsible to take care of others. And that responsibility is too much. Because sometimes people have, well, we all know we have different levels of motivation. But I do see this in terms of working with um, with, with clients where one person is much more motivated and the other one isn't. And then there's a sense of resentment, but also some fear that, oh, if I if I get really healthy or if I do this, then it means I've got to bring my partner with me. And what if they don't want to? Yeah, there's, I, I see that actually quite a bit. Um, you know, I've had some clients that come in and they will say, because, you know, inevitably when, when we're journeying together, we're not always journeying at the same rate and in the same way, right? And there's some weird illusion that we're supposed to be Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're if you're with your partner and they're your soulmate, how come? You know, it's almost like you're supposed to be doing everything in the right. time at the same in the same way, and experiencing having the same experiences. And I have had some people who come and they express frustration because they say, "I've been working on myself a whole lot more, and I'm getting so much better." <laughs> and there's my partner isn't doing so well. Um, right. And so, and there's so it it evokes a lot of feelings. First of all, I mean, there is some guilt. I think that I'm doing so much better than than mm-hmm. he or she is. Um, but there is also that sense of responsibility that I now have to go and take you know lift help them, ele- yeah. lift them up and elevate them and and care for them. Um, right. And the act of actually think even thinking that or engaging in that is not a self care behavior. <laughs> No, it's a rescuing behavior, right? It's like a a codependency. And I I think you bring up a really great point around the aspect that when we're in partnership, that it doesn't mean that two people are at the same, you know, spots in the journey. And, And that awareness piece around it's okay that you're not in the same space. It, 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 it doesn't mean that you have to be, and you're supposed to be. Um, and I and I think that that is going back to seeing how we define love, how we define relationship, mm-hmm. and relationship first and foremost with ourselves, because it is a very intimate relationship. Yeah, it is. It, but you know, it's it's funny. It's our relationship with ourselves is the least cultivated relationship we have. We often will have a better relationship with our boss even than we might have with ourselves. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's absolutely. quite amazing. Yeah, it, it is. And, and I think these pieces around really sitting down and 
exploring what's the relationship I have with myself. And I, I often find that, you know, that question when it's posed to clients can be really quite uh, sort of stopping them in the tracks, right? Like, you know, I don't know how to answer that, or I'm not really sure. And it, it can be not just in terms of the food we eat and how we move our bodies, but the self-dialogue and the dialogue that we're not even aware of. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you see that in your work as well. Yes. And I spend a lot of time with clients focusing on the self-dialogue because I think that is important. What people don't realize is that you are in constant, you are constantly speaking to yourself and you're constantly listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if how much of that is unconscious, right, that you're taking in, how much and how much are you, you know, putting out that's unconscious and what are those messages, right? And when when you start calling people's attention to things on, and especially if, you know, I've, I've said it to some clients before, you know, who'll say something and then I, and I will say, well, what if I were to greet you with that? Mm-hmm. How would that land? And you get this like look of like, oh, that would be horrible. Right. You know, and then I and then I point out, but that's what you've just said to yourself. So you feeling that it's horrible, there is some part of you where it's landing and is thinking just that. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that's going to manifest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great exercise and great questions because I think the um, just again having that ability or willingness to notice how we're talking to ourselves is a huge step and and then it's going very you know easily in small small little incremental actions yes and and, and thoughts because as we know it shows up in the body you know when when we don't listen to ourselves it starts to show up in the body completely and and then you go you have to go a little bit deeper to actually explore what is the body saying and and yes. that's what I find is especially working as we both do with yes. you know the mind body spirit aspect, that having the the body talk to us and listening is listening is huge. The listening part is the biggest piece. The listening is huge, and for me, I mean that's been profound on on my own personal journey. But um, um. We don't, we so often don't listen and, and then we're angry with our body for letting us down, yeah. right? Um, you know, because our, our body's telling us things all the time and we're just ignoring it, you know, or, or, or oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And then when our body fails us, which it's not really failing us, it's doing exactly like, you know, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, run your car without gas mm-hmm. endlessly and then be angry that, it's no longer running. And yet, you know, it's sort of the same thing that we do with our body, which is that we don't give it all the things that it needs. We don't support it. We don't listen to it. And then we're upset when it lets us down. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, and so how, how would, how would the body feel about that? Like, how do you think even that's still landing somewhere in you that when you're angry with your, your body, you know, your body's taking that in and, and your, your body's not something separate from you. It's, it is, it's part of you, you know, you're a whole being. So it's landing somehow on you. And again, I ask the question of how do you think that's playing out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on you as a whole? Yeah. And you're, you're, you're sort of also 
leading towards then what what's the next step and what's the next action and i think that that can be very scary for people to recognize that oh i i have to make a change or i have yeah. to show up a bit differently and that's what i see is often very overwhelming when someone comes to me with a sort of a long list of what they want to work on and it that in itself is just setting up for failure because it's not sustainable and it's not realistic it's like okay i'm going to start yoga and i'm going to eat this and i'm going to do this and this and this that there's so many little micro actions that are there and also layered with it are often unseen beliefs yeah. that come that will start to bubble up to the surface because i don't know if you've found this but i've i've found in my own life and also working with clients that the more we deepen our self-care and our relationship to ourselves, there is a paradox where there's kind of a bubbling up of wounds that suddenly come to the surface. For sure. Hugely. Hugely. Because there are all these things that we have ignored. And part of self-care is, is that you're increasing that awareness and the listening and so in doing that, then all, the, all these little, like, you know, boo-boos or wounds or whatever you want to call them or past, you know, pains, um, they're there. And all of a sudden now, you know, our awareness has grown. So we can't help but hear them, see them, feel them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, it's tough. It is tough. And that, that's what, you know, for anybody who's listening, um, I, I do want to say that, yeah, it is hard. Self-care is hard and self-love is hard because when it's not taught or modeled and it's not implemented, not just to put it on parents, but also in the society as a collective, mm -hmm. is that we don't see this sense of celebrating the self and, and uh, loving the self with a kind of an open authenticity because people think you're strange or you're judged or you're, you know, whatever that might be there. Yeah. And, and I think that there, that leads to resistance that, oh, somehow it's not okay for me to do this. And I need approval from someone out there to tell me it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, and I think that's, again, you know, does that go down to, um, you know, that programming that, that, in, in self-love, it's like not just selfish, but it's, it's you know, um, this whole ego thing, right? You know, someone saying that I think I'm great, right? right? People right. almost don't like hearing that. And, and people no. think, oh, you're, you know, you're arrogant. You're so full of yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but if we don't tell ourselves that, who else is going to? Exactly, exactly. And it, it is, it's a, it's a hard practice to get into, you know, being kind to the self on a consistent basis. And, and, you know, that, that piece about deepening and feeling more, I do find that that's where people get distracted because, you know, it's like meditation practice. I know when I had started doing more of a, a, a kind of deeper meditation a number of years ago, and I was at a point where I would drop into the meditation and then all of a sudden I would just start crying and I, yeah. I didn't really know where it was coming from. And it was just not overwhelming, but it was a little bit like, Oh man, I, I had this expectation that the meditation was going to help me feel better. And I think mm -hmm. this also comes up in self-care where there's, you know, we know expectations are dangerous 
and and we think, oh, if I do this, I'm going to feel good. Right. And sometimes that's not always true. We do have a foundation, which it provides when we're right. consistent with self-care. I think it, it puts a foundation that allows us to feel that discomfort. Yes. But the thing is, is how did you feel after you cried? You probably did feel better. Right. I, I felt so. I did feel good, actually. I, I mean, I can, I remember it specifically because I remember telling my meditation teacher, I was like, I'm, I just keep crying. Like after 10 minutes, I'm like weeping. And, and, you know, he was like, oh, well, you're getting some roots out. You're pulling some roots yeah. out. Yes. But that's so a good the, point, Kathy. Yeah. So the thing is, is your expectation was fulfilled. You did feel better, but it didn't kind of look like how you thought it was going to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I find that when I'm working with people around um, improvements with health and, and holistic health in particular, that I feel sometimes it, the idea of what it should look like or where they should yeah. start, the shoulds come in. Oh, I should start with this. And I find that also doesn't end up resonating because if someone isn't able to commit to something on a consistent basis, meaning that let's say for a month or even two weeks, they have uh, an, an intention or some kind of self-care practice and they're not able to do it on a consistent basis, then what I find is that it's really not the right choice. It's not the right starting place. Yes. There needs to be some kind of an ease in, in it. Um, it's interesting, all the shoulds that we have for ourselves and for others even, right? And, and I'm sure that you must have that. I, I know, you know, that's one of the things that gets talked about as a therapist is, is you know, how much of an agenda do we have for our clients? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and really spending time and realizing that, again, for us to, you know, develop an awareness around that um, is really important. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, as practitioners, we also have to practice self-care in a, in a really big way. Yes. And, and I think it's different for everybody. And, and you know, we'll, we'll elaborate more around different practices. And I, I think that, again, it goes into also realizing our own worth for ourselves you know are we worth it and if we don't feel like we're worth it for whatever reason that can be a real block to taking a step into reinforcing that yes it is okay for me to love myself or to care for myself yes there's definitely we have to go to the place of, of permission giving right to ourselves. And that is, I find that's a really hard one. I had, I, for me, that's, that's, was a big hurdle to come to, um, you know, because I think I had it drummed into me when I was younger that, you know, I was looking for permission from, for instance, the higher authority, like being, you know, your parents mm -hmm. or, or teacher or something to be able to take a break, for instance. Right. And, and, you know, again, the message always being, well, no, not yet power through. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's this whole idea of around permission and, um, and I realized I never in the same way that permission was withheld for me, I was withholding permission from myself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that's a really great point because I feel that, you know, that is so important to notice that the way other people treat us is often a reflection of how we're treating ourselves. 
Absolutely. And, you know, like we, <laughs> I mean, when I remember, I don't even remember specifically when, but you know, when you really get that, it's quite groundbreaking. It's profound. It's profound. I know when you say it, it sounds so simple, but when yeah. you actually take it in and realize it, it's like, oh my God, that's huge, right? It's, yeah. it's almost like someone speaking another language. Ex- exactly. And it's like, all of a sudden the lights go on and it's a yeah. sense of, oh my gosh, I can see this. And it's, I think it's very empowering, but it's also pretty shocking. And, and there can be a lot of um, regret or a lot of remorse around, oh, I allowed this to happen. But I think that yeah. that goes to our awareness, right? Yeah, but but that is the whole thing that that in in you know I mean as I said as you as I said that you know my practice is about helping people to become more empowered to feel empowered and step into their power, and the thing about that of realizing that you know there's an accountability there even though that you know there's a lot of feelings around that that oh you know this sort of happened you know the outside was mirroring the inside. But but then there's there is a power in that because it's it's suddenly like well if if that if you owned all those things that were not so great that happened to you, then think about what you can own now coming from this place of being really conscious. Right, right. Yeah, it's a beautiful point, and it's a beautiful way to to integrate the experiences and and not define ourselves by the experiences or the the past beliefs or whatever that's there. Um, and when we when we come back from from the break, I also think it's important to get a sense of I'd like to ask you a little bit more, Kathy, about the fear that comes up when people start to improve and and also the disapproval from other people around mm. them, because sure. I, I've seen that as well come up. And on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info 
at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Alexia Dredusis, and I'm here with Kathy Hume. We're talking about self-care, the resistance to self-care, and what we can do about it. Just a reminder, if you do want to call in, we are live. You can call toll-free from anywhere in North America at one 346 9141 So, Kathy, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how someone can also experience criticism or reprimand when they do start to thrive. And have you seen that? Because I've seen it in practice, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, misery loves company, right? Um, And it is that whole thing of, you know, don't leave me. (laughs) Don't leave me behind. I think there's some of that. Um, And for sure there is. It's, 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 It's very difficult for people when sometimes when they when they see others thriving, because it does make them wonder, you know, again, it goes down to the, I think the self-empowerment thing that if someone's, you know, doing better and they're saying, you know, I put all these things into place and look, it's, it's great and it's working for me, then it sheds light on people wondering, well, what aren't I doing or what haven't I done? You know, what am I doing wrong? Um, where often people like to put it down to circumstance, I'm not doing well because, right? And I think we're seeing that even in the pandemic that, you know, there were some people who really rose to the, the yes. you know, kind of the challenge of the pandemic and started doing really quite well during it. And even businesses, right? Businesses yes. that could pivot and, and reinvent are thriving and others, you know, went under. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same in, 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 on the personal level that there are some people who were able to kind of do that pivot during this and do quite well. And, you know, it kind of irks some of the people who aren't, who want to, who are still in that thing of, you know, Oh my God, we're up to a year now. I'm doing so this sucks. This is horrible. And they're, yeah. and they're just, they're caught in that web of, of, you know, negativity and, and, you know, unhappiness. Right, right. No, that's a really great point. And and I think you're also speaking to the aspect of resistance to change. And the pandemic has forced us in many ways to change. And I don't think a lot of people like change. And, and the people that are able to pivot and adapt or also let go of the past. Yeah. And, and it's hard, as we know. I think some people do it easier than others. But for the most part, there's a lot of nostalgia. There's a, start, a lot of sense of longing. And, and that's wrapped into grief. But I, I do think that when people start thriving, that comparison aspect comes up. Because what we see in social media is, you know, just snapshots of moments. They're not the whole picture of somebody's life. And mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to compare and think, oh my God, this person is doing this and this, or they look like this and they're able to do a detox. And and I feel that there's, that's for me, that's far too much pressure on, on anyone, that it has to be something that resonates. Yes. You know, it just occurred to me while you were talking that one of the things too on, on, um, why people may react as they do when when someone you know in their group or you know their partner for instance is is doing better um there's a sense of abandonment yes that gets triggered right yeah um and 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 that just brings up a whole host of other <laughs> other emotions 
Yeah, and absolutely, because I, you know, I'm sure you've seen this. I've seen it with work where if there's, let's say someone decides, well, you know what, I'm not, I'm going to quit smoking. Yeah. And, but my partner isn't. And then, or even if it's alcohol or something else where it's shared, then suddenly there's this, a little bit of a, a rift or a, a rift, like a separation to some extent. And, and it can also be a feeling of, oh, I'm going to get left behind. Yeah. Know? And, and that is something again, with self-care, we can see that of course there's resistance. It's completely multi-layered. It's not as, it's not a simple cookbook approach. No, it's, I wish it was because <laughs> <laughs> I would buy that cookbook. <laughs> So what would be, I'm going to, you know, I think we can talk about a few strategies um, that might be helpful for people. And of course, the first and foremost for me is just that everybody is different. There is no one size fits all, no cookbook that does not work in my opinion and what I've seen in my experience. But where would you start with somebody? With, with them um, around self-care. Sorry, Kathy, I didn't really clarify that yeah. question very well. <laughs> um, so, well, one of the key things, again, goes down to the listening, right? Um, one thing, some things that people often actually don't know, and I mean, it's such a common therapist question, right, is, is what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. People don't even know what they're feeling. Right. Um, and, and so from and the feeling kind of generates, if you follow through, if you can tune into the feeling, the feeling will, will, will um, flow into the need. Yes. But, but people are just often tr- not even, they're, they're trying to go right to need or they're not even knowing what need is, but they're just trying to go to the action part. Like, let me find that solution. Right. So that's why you get, you know, so for instance, even in the diet world, there's like how many ten thousands and thousands and thousands of different diets from keto to this to mm-hmm. you know you need to lose weight but no one has really kind of tuned into you know what am I actually feeling and what am I actually needing you know yeah. and so that's that's a big part of it um, you know and that is a practice that that I recommend people do which is is a daily practice of yeah. checking in with yourself tuning in and you know and finding out what do you actually feel, you know, and really listening to that and then asking the question of what do you need and then following through on that. Um, that's a big one. I think that's great, great advice and a, and a great place to start because I concur that there is a slowing down that needs to happen where you do pause to check in with yourself. One of the things that I recommend for people is picking up these cards that are part of uh, nonviolent communication, which are called Grok cards, G-R-O-K. I don't know if you've seen them, but basically they're two decks. One is feelings and one is needs, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't work for everybody, but it is a starting place for some people to recognize feelings are different from needs. And as you said, it flows into the need. As soon as you identify, I'm feeling this because my need for this is not being met then it can be very, very helpful. The other thing that I often will tell people is, you know, and I think you're saying the same thing is start really simply. Like, you know, start really, really simply where it almost seems silly. Like I'll often suggest to somebody and I'll, I'll give them some of my strategies that I use and they don't always, I don't always stick to them. I have to modify Mm -hmm. because we need creativity. 
So one of the things that I do is I try to have a green drink every day and I just make it as simple as possible where I throw in some cilantro, some salad, some yeah. spinach, and I put it in water and I put it in my little magic bullet thing. And that's it. Yeah. That's just one place to start, but I consider it as self-care. It is self-care. The yeah. other thing too is, is to set yourself up for success because people yes. will come up with these lofty things like, like, okay, I'm going to like, so for instance, you're starting with this, having this green drink and that's, mm -hmm. that's a big, that's a change. All change is good. It's taking you somewhere. Um, but people will come up with these lofty things. And, and of course it doesn't stick for very long, no. right? Where they'll suddenly they'll run out to the grocery store and they'll, I'm getting rid of everything that's you know, whatever that isn't this. And I'm supplying, doing all this and they can't sustain it. But they also don't set themselves up for success, right? So if, right. you know, for instance, even something as simple as drinking water, you know, I want to increase my water um, intake. So what are you doing? Like, you know, set yourself up for success, you know, figure out how much you want to drink in water, um, have a jug that size or something, have it near you at all times yeah. and that you can just replenish rather than having to keep it up in your mind every time that you've got to have, oh, you know, how many glasses have I had so far? You know, have I had enough? I don't know. Like, I just find something even as simple as that. No, you're absolutely right because it has to be easy. And often, you know, what I find is that there's a, there's a, that going back to expectation and the shoulds that, well, I should drink more water, but I also know that I meet clients who they don't like water. Yeah. They just don't like it. So you can't really start with something when you don't like it. Same with exercise. If yes. someone doesn't like exercise or sweating, then it's not going to land and it becomes a little bit of an energy of punishment. And I, I find it takes a while to, um, I usually encourage people just to start moving. I'll say, start with movement. Yeah. If you need to lie on your yoga mat and stretch, that counts. It's, it's mm -hmm. movement. And it's just, again, getting familiar with your body and what you need. Because it's the sense of, it doesn't have to be the way that's what I see on you know Instagram or what I see on Facebook or wherever, wherever what's what my neighbor is doing. It's that sense of how do I connect with myself and and trust what I feel yes. that yes. this is what feels good for me to do. And without, yeah. because other people will, will be like, Oh, that's nothing, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, but the, it's, but that's the thing is that, you know, we're in partner, we're supposed to be in partnership with ourselves yeah. and, and not, um, you know, the idea people often think of equate self-care with, you know, when you think about um, exercise, for instance, you know, there's always that saying, no pain, no gain. Mm hmm yeah, right? I hate that saying. I hate yeah. that too. I do too. And and the thing about that is, is of course, is it's it, there's some idea there then that there's a self mastery. We're going to be master of ourselves. We're going to get on top of ourselves, right? And, which is really a bizarre thing when you think about it, right? So it totally you know, is bizarre. It's like you're going to be whipping yourself to just you know. It's like you know who's the master? Like yeah. It's, you know? Yeah, it's 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 a really weird thing as opposed yeah. to you know you partner with yourself, you partner yeah. with yourself, and it's like asking that question of again, like okay, you know, exercise isn't working for you because you don't you don't like to sweat, you know. Right. So, but but recognizing that you know movement is good. So yes, what's the movement then? What's the movement that's going to work for you? 
Exactly. So that could be, you know, put on some music for five minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be walking, um, you know, anything that's creative, but that's a really good point around that sense of somehow we have to create perfection and the mastery means perfection. At least that's what I hear when I, when I hear that. And I also, I, I hear, um, a language of very unforgiving where it's, it becomes a sense of, you know, you haven't mastered this yet. And there's not a lot of compassion that's, that's in there. There's absolutely no compassion and there's no recognition of need. Right. Right. Of what your need or or your feelings might be. Um, It's all, it's all, it sort of is punishment. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing that I do, and I'm curious if you do this is I will often have people look at categories of their whole lives not not so much their yes. their roles or their stations in life but their parts of themselves so their their mental aspect their emotional aspect their yep. physical their spiritual, spiritual. Yeah. and then which one has ease because sometimes that can be overwhelming for someone to just go oh my god i'm going to work on all of this and and do you do that as well yeah, for sure. Because, you know, all of our, there's different axes to your life, right? So there, there's, you know, your relationships, you know, like, as in friendships and, and, and you know, um, romantic, and then there's, you know, um, family, and there's spirituality, and there's, and, and some, and, you know, we don't have all of those pistons kind of going, you know, at the same time, and people will feel really great about something. And so what happens is, is when they're feeling really great about that one thing versus the rest, they will pay attention only to that because, it, you know, right. I feel competent in this area. Right, right. Um, yeah. So it is important to kind of look at all of those, those sort of pillars in some ways of, of our life. Yes, yes. And, and I think that, you know, um, it's a really good point around recognizing the listening is so important and trusting that voice. What I find is the the words are one thing, but as we know, words are powerful, but actions are yes. much more powerful. So if yes. you don't follow the word with an action or the intention, then it won't land. It won't yes, stay. It won't be sustainable. Um, so you know the that that to me is very very important. I tell people off the time to be very creative with how they're, you know, think outside the box. And, you know, the pandemic, I got myself a little mini trampoline, as I was telling you on the break, and I find that to be entertaining. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. So um, anyway, Kathy, and anything else while we wrap up, just before we wrap up that you can, you want to share? Um. No, I think, I think the thing, the big thing is, 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 you know, trust in yourself, trust that you have all the answers. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just listening, to, if you tune in and you listen, you have all the answers. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. You know, as opposed to someone else. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you, Kathy, very much for, for being so much. here and uh, joining and talking about this very important topic. And uh, self-care is, it is important to be our own best friends. It really, really is. So next week, March 11th, we'll be having our guest, Jennifer Drummond, the president of Racial Lens. And Gord will be back. So thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.